Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You guys don't understand how much of a fan I am of this guy. I'm really going to try to try to hold down my fanboyism, but. Sean, hey, look, first of all, I got to tell you, I'm trying to, to hold down my fanboyism for you, but violence is my favorite thrash band you are my favorite thrash front man and singer i traveled twice to oakland well once to oakland to see you and i saw the first uh thrash of the titans uh reunion show yeah and, and i saw you down here in miami three times with voivod and i gotta ask you this do you remember and i know you know you've toured a lot and of course you can remember but this show I, I, i'm i'd be shocked if you don't remember this when you played with Testament and Hollandale and a riot broke out. Yeah. You remember that one? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those two guys were sitting over there on the side. They were dressed in, like, Miami Vice clothes, and I was talking some shit to them. But it was a great show. It was hell of intense. I remember, I think my shirt got ripped off me. And uh, when Testament went on, the security came in for who knows why. Probably some Karen called the cops. But Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And we and they went on stage with Chuck yeah. Billy. Yeah, and they threw Eric Peterson on, on the amplifiers to stop yeah. the show. And, and we left, me and my friend dipped. And while we were leaving, getting on 95, we saw a, an army of paddy wagons going into the Button South. And we heard it was like a full-blown riot. That's right, the Button South. Yeah, that's what it was, the Button South. <laughs> yeah. I know we got the hell out of there. <clears throat> But it was, I, I remember it being a killer show and the fans, you know, the, the crowd was like totally intense. I was in the crowd when <clears throat> Testament was on because, you know, I'm a fan of music. I wanted to see him. And, you know, I, I, I watched him pretty much every night, but uh, of that tour. And yeah, I was kind of like, is that a cop on stage? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, speaking of cops on the Torture Tactics EP, uh, it says on the CD that Officer Nice Live wasn't. At that Hallandale show. So yeah. yeah, that's on that thing. But anyway, yeah, I've seen you guys a bunch of times. Huge fan. And yeah, I went to one of your afternoon shows in Oakland like two, oh, okay. two three years yeah. ago because they were selling out so quick I couldn't get the night show. Then I got uh, the Yeah. So yeah, you know, it's and I met you too, and, and you were super cool. I met you uh before the show and stuff, but yeah, because Sean, this is a violent show, and Sean just, you just walked in casual, you know, like, through the crowd, and it was like, 
By the way, I don't want to hog this interview because I'm the mega fan. Well, it didn't start yet, so you're okay. <laughs> we're not live yet. <laughs> oh, we're not live yet? Not yet. No, no you just uh, took oh, over Sean, the show. Just, you forgot it's not the Ralph Yev show. We're going. Well, you're going to have to send <laughs> Sean, just one thing. Do you have your phone hooked up to a charger so that the battery doesn't die? Oh, we're going to be on here for a while, huh? Well, well it just... depends on how much you talk. <laughs> I talk a lot. Just, just right, saying, so because like it, it happened. Okay, you guys are gonna laugh at me. We, um, we, but we all fr- talk. Oh, sorry. Oh, that's okay. So my 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 friend uh, Josh got. Um, he asked me, "Hey, do you want to interview the drummer from Crazy Town?" I said, "Not really, but okay, I'll I'll do it." <laughs> There's a reason why that interview never aired because, for one thing, he was doing it in a pool while smoking a J. Zooming in on naked chicks' buttocks at the pool. And the next thing you know, his his camera cut out. I'm like, I'm not airing this shit. (laughs) But if it was David Lee Roth. That's a different story. (laughs) DLR gets a pass. Ralph, you got anything else before we uh, go live? Yes, my nipples are exploding with delight. We have Sean Killian from Violence. Good shit. <laughs> the air, man. I mean, that's a great story. I well, I didn't tell you no, that. No, no, no. Go ahead. Start, start the show. We could always ask it again. <laughs> pretend it never happened. Sean, pretend oh, no, it never but happened. I'll tell you this much. I I wish you guys were coming to Minneapolis for the mini tour with Coroner, but I, I might end up taking a fucking Greyhound down to Chicago to see you. How far is it? It's about a five-hour ride. Oh, that's short, man. Yeah, that's short. <laughs> man, I would drive to the kitchen if I could. It takes me six <laughs> hours. To, it takes me six hours to drive to LA from here. Wow. Damn. Yeah, yeah. California's we're spread out over here, man. You got to drive ways to to to, to see stuff. Well, but corner, and you guys have Bobby Gustafson now. Yeah. You, you, oh, you know, you, know he, he, you got to get the, him and Tommy Vetterly and, and Phil all together on stage. That would just be amazing. Yeah. You know, I, I uh, Bobby's a local boy. You know, me and him are, are, are buddies. And I did tell him, man, I said, oh, my God, you're in violence now. And, uh, man, I've been waiting so long for this reunion. And uh, not to be a bitch or anything, but, man, an EP, I wanted a full length. But, hey, I'll take what I can get, you know. <laughs> I did pre-order it, and it should. When's it coming out? Because I pre-ordered it. So, is it coming out like very- uh, March fourth? Okay, that's very that's very soon. Yep. Yeah, I pre-ordered the vinyl, and I'm lo- I'm very man. The two songs I heard so far, brutal, amazing. Thanks, man. Yeah, they're, thanks. It's just amazing and total violence and uh, um, and uh, another question. I mean, I've heard this answer a million times, but let, let's just see if there's been anything talked about uh about oppressing the masses i mean is that still atlantic not giving it up so uh we we asked this is good content for the show we haven't started we're live we're live welcome to red sound review (laughs) forget the intro (laughs) thanks wayne and and welcome Welcome our welcome our special co-host mr alviera aka the good dr fuck from viera vault and rock and metal combat podcast mr greg Back in the house, Mr. Greg Noggle and our special guest tonight, Mr. Sean Killian of Violence. Yes, welcome, welcome aboard, sir. Thank you. Thanks Violence. for having me. 
So, so oppressing the masses, any anything, or it's the same shit? So we reached out to, to Metal Blade to see if they can acquire the rights from Atlantic, what, because you know they wouldn't talk to us. And when they did, I guess Atlantic had it on the block to sell to someone else. So we don't know what's going on with it, but <clears throat> hopefully that someone else releases it because, uh, you know, um, it's a killer album. And we, we sold the rights to them and um, we've asked them to sell it back to us. You know, Phil's contacted them in the past and then they just stopped taking his phone calls. Uh, you know, it's one of those things. I don't know. Maybe they were pissed because of torture tactics and, you know, be, and, and us talking shit about them pulling it from the, from the record so um, you, you know um just and, and and i fully understand sean that you guys sold it back to them but um i'm a big fan of high roller records and new wave of british heavy metal and all that and they've been very successful with buying a lot of artists older recordings that have sold them off and uh -huh. then doing these nice retrospective releases maybe get in contact with them at temple of disharmony and see if there's anything they could well do. that was the thing is like they, from what metal blade found out is that the atlantic sold it to somebody else before we could get it you know? oh so we don't know who they sold it to i i think they had mentioned to us who the label was but i don't know all i know is we couldn't attain you know obtain it so yeah what's your what you're saying is I'm going to pay $300 if I want it on wax. <laughs> well, what, I'm, what I think is if, if, if whoever bought it is smart, you know, they probably address that, you know, approach them because they saw the interest in it and um, maybe they'll print vinyl and put it out. You know, I don't know, but you know, we did what we could. They just didn't want to work with us. And by the time we got metal blade to talk to them, it was already gone. So hopefully it comes out. Yeah, yeah. I would love to get it on vinyl. I mean, it goes for too much money. I do have it on compact disc. Uh -huh. Vinyl now, I mean, the way they're selling it for now is astronomical. Are those actually legitimate or are those bootlegs? Did, did they release it on vinyl when it was first released? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, whether it's real or bootleg, that's, I can't, I couldn't tell you. Because some of these bootleggers, they're so good at it, you know. <laughs> actually, yeah. I've, yeah. I, yeah. I, I can I can attest to that. I just picked up some bootlegs from on CD from Japan, records that never got put out on CD. The first yeah. four Pantera albums or Glam Terra, as they're affectionately <laughs> called, but it's oh. still Pantera to me. Sure. And uh, the two the Quiet Riot albums Pantera. with uh, Randy Rhodes on them, because I'm a Randy fanboy. So yeah, I have, yeah. but they're legal. I have the Power Metal one on CD, and it sounds amazing. So these bootleggers really get good quality you know it's not just it doesn't sound yeah it's yeah they're better than the record labels <laughs> yeah so hopefully you know i'll find like a good oppressing the masses you know um because i really and my my all-time favorite song and i know it's going to sound trendy because my favorite is um uh, of course eternal nightmare but man world in a world that song uh, is yeah that's a killer so that riff we always play it last because that riff just makes the crowd explode it, you know, and uh, so we always play it last. It, it's it's a vicious video, and oh, I gotta say, what I love too about the new video, you're rocking the turtleneck again, man. <laughs> it's actually a coat, but yeah, oh, I got, I wanted a coat that had nothing, no buttons or nothing, and I was able to find it like the day before 
men's warehouse or some shit. It was on clearance. It's a little tight, but I was like, I gotta have it. No one's gonna tell once the once he does all his magic with the video. There, there was no video for Eternal Nightmare, right? No, nothing was made for. No, no, no video for Eternal. Yeah, but um, so so. My dog's part of the interview too, guys. Yeah. Okay, we're animal lovers here. It's all good. And. Not to interrupt anyone, sorry, Ralph, but before I forget, Ralph already mentioned something that I actually have a question that um, some younger friends of mine, Nate and whatnot, that Wayne knows that used to uh, be on the show. First, they wanted to know, we do Officer Nice live on the upcoming tour, but secondly, to piggyback on that, um, in the CD, and I had always read in magazines and stuff that that uh, version of Officer Nice was actually recorded in the uh, studio with audience noise. So that's that's awesome to find out that's really live. The the demo one, yeah, with torture tech, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. hella live, dude. Yeah, ha, yeah. That, that's awesome. Yeah, no, dude, no I, shit. I, it, it even <laughs> says it on Metal Archives. It calls it a false Greg. live recording. Hold on, dude. Great. <laughs> So it, if you, it, what we did is we put a little bug in there that if you're paying, if people pay attention, they'll pick up on because we're all like, oh, live in Japan. And I'm like, gung hei fa choi, which is Chinese. <laughs> 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 I think I'm like, all right, Japan. Thanks, Japan. And gung hei fa choi. <laughs> but yeah, we did that in the studio and uh, yeah, it was fun. But we did play it live. We didn't. We didn't track it. You know what I'm saying? We we did jump in there. I think I put my vocals on it after. But they they, they played it straight through, just like I got gotcha. you. And, and we do play the song live. You know, that's one of the. That's definitely a song that you know stays on the list. We'll have to make some room, you know, with the five new songs coming out. And, you know, we'll see how it goes. But a cool thing about the corner thing, it's a it's a double headline bill. So cool. Thank you. That's cool. awesome. Yeah, we'll now, get, uh, I think each band plays for 60 minutes or something like that. Oh, cool. Nice. That is awesome. Um, you know, I got to say, man, one of the crazy, I mean, you, you're very well known. You got the, the same lyrics and the same delivery. But man, the, the one song that was never released because it was only on demo was, um, oh my God, why am I having a brain fart right now? Paraplegic? No, though that's a great one. I'm talking about even after Nothing to Gain. Um, it ended up on the Torque Breed. The song. Breed Like Rats? Yeah. Oh, man, that song. Yeah. I, I, I like the, the Torque version, but the way you deliver that one, I think that's one of your most insane. So you've, heard the, you've heard the demo. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I have the demo. You know, yeah. I even have uh, what you guys released in, I think it was like some magazine in Canada before Eternal Nightmare came out. It was for free. It was a cassette. You remember that? Well, I think it was demos for Eternal Nightmare before Eternal Nightmare came out. Yeah, yeah. Mechanics put that out. Yeah, yeah. I, I even got that before. Uh, and you no, got I, yeah. Breed like rats is definitely a song that uh, you know I just went all out, you know, on that. And because at the time we just finished nothing to gain, and we you know then we did everything we needed to do that make that you know Megaforce is asking us for. And, then they didn't release it. It was just like, so when we started writing again, I was like, well, fuck all this. <laughs> yeah. I'm going hey, you hard. actually recorded that in 1990, right? Which one? Nothing to gain. 
Uh, yeah, I think it was 90, 91, somewhere in there with Michael Rosen at Fantasy Studios in Berkeley. Oh, wow. Okay. Didn't know that. Yeah. I did purchase Nothing Again not too long ago on vinyl. I don't know if that's a bootleg. Do you know if that was released? Is it on, like, do you, what rec, what label is it on? Do you know? If you give me a second, I'll go grab it, and you guys can sure. ask questions. Oh, can we? <laughs> okay. Hey, Wayne. I have hey, never seen anyone so enthusiastic. This is awesome. I yeah. love it. It's like childlike innocence, and he's older than all of us. But I digress. <laughs> Hey now, you watch that, <laughs> Sean. I'd like to ask a question because I'm yeah. I'm a bit of an audiophile. Um, you know, I love the sound of the old violence albums, but I I can't get over how good the new singles sound. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just wondering, like, what was the difference in production from then and now? Did you decide to go straight digital? Is it analog at all? Like, you know, what, what, what are the, uh, what would you say the difference in production is for violence now at this point? So Eternal Nightmare was all two inch real with John King and Birdie. Um, and we recorded that on Melrose at, oh man, something involved or something. I can't remember. And uh, then we did the vocals and leads in San Francisco. And, um, it's uh, uh, Pressing the Masses, you know, we went to Alex Curry Alice's place in upstate new york and he he recorded it everything was done on the two inch and but he also had an adat going at the same time um i don't know if he just kept the adat you know for his personal records or and then this is all digital now you know and, and, and okay i'm sorry go ahead we're not in like a big studio spending 90 grand like we used to uh we're just you know we're we're with one once studio is not like fantasy studios where there's multiple studios um and, and uh and so it's like really fits us you know and so we're all comfortable when we're in there it doesn't seem like this intense environment you know um and and this time around too it was like our attitudes were more like yeah we're having a good time and let's keep that rolling and you know so um perry did his drums first and then the guys did the the, the the rhythms and then christian did his i'm not sure if christian did his bass and then they i think they did their leads and then christian did his bass and then i followed up at the end but you know when i was there doing my tracks it was like just me and juan phil would pop in you know for a little bit just to listen and then uh we did the the we did three songs the first weekend and then we took a couple weeks off and then did two songs so it wasn't like you know, Eternal Nightmare and Oppressing the Masses where I'm like recording vocals seven days straight or five days straight for, you know, eight hours a day. So it was kind of a more relaxed environment too. And and then, you know, two mats and just, you know, took what one put down, you know, captured and just turned it into this sound. And and Ted Jensen did the, the, the mastering of it. And he's another uh, very uh, popular guy. He's got some Grammys too. <laughs> yeah, I I can imagine that, like you know the the stress of releasing an EP is a lot less than it is to release a full length album. But uh, I mean, even as an EP, what I would compare it to production wise would have to be one of my favorite albums from the previous year, which would be uh, "Blood in the Water" by Flotsam and Jetsam, and has that really tight, crisp locked in sound 
And it's and I understand that you tracked everything, but it really sounds like the band is playing as one unit, right. uh, especially oh, on yeah, the two songs sure. that have been released. I absolutely love it. And you got Christian, who was in Fear Factory, one of my favorite bands growing up. And, you know, um, definitely love his bass playing with Fear Factory. Yeah. So he definitely adds to that precision. I mean, you got a killer quintet in violence right now. Yeah, yes, yeah, of course, sure. and Bobby from Overkill. Well, formerly of Overkill, now of violence. So yeah, you know. so you know, our thing was when we got Bobby. You know, when Phil and I were talking about doing a new record, and um, that was like our fourth show. We were playing with Sacred Reich and Mesa, and we we're and you know he wanted that down picking and that muted sound, and um, so Bobby and Perry, they were friends. They've been friends for a long time, and you know Perry's always wanted to jam with them, so we had him over, and it wasn't about you know. Oh, can Bobby play the riffs? It was about can Bobby be in the room with the, the three of us, you know. And same with Christian, you know. Can can we be in a room together? Because their abilities, you know. You, I mean, you, you, there's no question that they can play their instruments, you know. So it's the other part's way more important. Is like, do we all fit together in the same room? And, yeah. And and, and, and you know, do we have a good time? You know. I can objectively say, though, Phil was the reason why the particular band he was in, I grew interest in it. And it's nice to know that with violence, he found someone like Bobby to just, you know, really mesh with as co-guitar players. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd have to say, like, the stuff that I've heard, the, the two songs, well, I'll say it. It beats everything he did in the previous two decades so yeah I'm, he- I'm hearing a lot of that well oh for oh yeah for, okay well we won't name him who but un- we know who <laughs> no but he's he's kind of unbridled and and you know he's like i'm i'm just like a madman ready to go <laughs> you know and so he, you get that from him and when when we write you know it's me and phil and and perry's in the room with the drums and uh you know it's uh the riffs some of them are like he came in with a, some, a few riffs and we made one riff out of two and, you know, uh, added some technical stuff to it. And, and the, the, and it's easy to do because Phil, you know, when you're writing, it's like, it's coming off the top of your head and you're trying to figure it out on your neck, the neck of your guitar. And, uh, he does really well with it. You know, he hears notes and he's able to move his fingers fast and make it work. And, you know, so, um, yeah, I, I dig writing with the guy. Yeah, because so, of that. Had, um, has having him in the band changed your approach, like overall to writing songs? Or uh, no, well, it's just Phil and I that write, and then Perry's in the room, oh. and then we drive him crazy because if he changed shit, <laughs> once he gets it figured out, then we're like, <laughs> "Oh man, you know what? That change would be much better if we did this. <laughs> Add a couple notes to it, or whatever." Yeah, so it kind of drives Perry crazy, and uh, but you know. This is what you get when you push because we were pushing hard, you know. And with COVID, we had all that time to write. We weren't practicing for shows, you know. So we would practice sometimes three days a week, sometimes once a week, sometimes twice. It was depending on you know where we're at with the song and um, uh, you know I need to write vocals. Well, here's the parts. Let's and then I would take that and write, and then come back and try stuff out. So it was kind of a cool process in that, you know, it was just the two of us and he was open to everything. I mean, I play guitar and bass, but I couldn't sit there with Phil and write, but I could hum stuff. And, you know, he was always open to listening to it and 
we made some good adjustments to the songs. Yeah. Did you, a, did you, did you overwrite? Is there other songs that didn't make the EP? No, no, there isn't. Um, you know, he's, I have some music right now that I sent over to Juan. I got to go demo over it. Um, so I haven't done that yet, but I got to go do that. Maybe right, next well, week. I, I pulled out the nothing to gain and it's a uh, night of the living night of the vinyl dead label. Okay. It's, it's real it's a uh, vanity yeah. label in italy yeah, yeah we, we sold that to i know i that name is very familiar so i know we uh, we did a, a deal with them to get that to to get that out in vinyl what's with the italians the and time, the love for zombies it's amazing <laughs> the well time, the first time it actually got pressed i think was by bleeding heart records yeah. but i don't know if they did vinyl or yeah. I have the compact disc. I, I believe that is the label on the on the Okay. Yeah. Um, it, I'm a huge collector, and I sell the shit online. So just it was CD only, but yes, Bleeding Heart Records, and um, also to connect it to the Bay Area scene, I also have a Killer Laz Rocket release on Night of the Vinyl Dead. Oh, right on. <laughs> yeah. nice. the, oh man, if if you guys toured, that would just be insane. We played with them at the Rock on Broadway. Uh, in San Francisco, that was like our first actual supporting gig. Where we supported really? The band. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember the microphone cord got all tangled up in my feet, and I fell off the stage. <laughs> and that stage is high too; it's about four and a half feet high. Woo! Did you get yeah. one? Nah, come on. I <laughs> forgot. <laughs> Can't stop. Hang on, I'm going to close this blind real quick. No problem. Hey Wayne, ask questions, hey, man. Well, you know, I'm trying to get in there, Ralph. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sorry. Somebody, somebody's whipping, whipping out records. I've been, and... I've been quiet. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> you call that record. quiet? <laughs> uh, well, Sean, how's your health going? Because you had uh, the liver uh, cirrhosis a while ago. How's yeah? Everything... It's going good. Um, it was two, my surgery was March 26, 2018, mm. and. Uh, yeah, my brother-in-law, it was a living donor program at UCSF, and my brother-in-law was a match, and so he donated 63% of his liver wow. to me, and uh, since it took me about six months to recover, and that kind of what, is what led to us getting back together, because uh, so many people came out and helped out, you know, I just felt like, how do I repay these people, and that was the only way I could think of it, and, you know, then at the time, uh, when I talked, when I text Phil, he was, he was available. So, you know, he, he, I think he left machine head in October and this was like the January after. Um, but yeah, I'm feeling great. You know, uh, like everyone else, try to keep the weight off my belly if I can, <laughs> yeah, <it's not> so <laughs> but I like my carbs. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't, right? It's pain hey, I, I, um, I, I posted, uh, I think it was the GoFundMe or something when you were having that, uh, issue and, uh, I know a lot of people donated to that. Uh, thanks, yeah, to, thank you. Thanks to me, man. Over fifty-six thousand people on that. Yeah, uh, and I, I just kept plugging it, you know. And I donated much. Thank you. Five hundred, man. Humble brag, much, Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> well, the cool thing was about the benefits that you know the benefit show and 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 Phil through a golf tournament with some help with some other guys and and the GoFundMe thing is like. Um, you know, I worked right up until the day of my surgery. I was miserable, but, um, it, you know, that helped to pay medical bills and to keep my kids' lives from not being drastically changed because I was out of work for six months healing, you know? 
So um, that was a huge help. Yeah, and and plus your brother-in-law. I mean, I remember seeing you say that on uh, the Zetro uh, thing, where you know it's yeah. to find like a match like that, and that that's amazing. You know, it's like you're yeah, yeah. meant to stay with us, man. <laughs> you know, I, I defy the odds. That's all I, I ever do. I, I, I'm going to let these guys talk. I just want want yeah, to sure. <laughs> and I'll stay quiet for a while. Don, really. I'm trying. I'm trying to keep my phantom down, but I just have to say that <clears throat> if I was a chick, oh no! Wait, hold on. If I was a chick, I still wouldn't bang you, but I would hook you up with my hot lesbian girlfriend. That's how much I love you, man. Awesome. <laughs> Who doesn't like a hot lesbian? <laughs> I'm gonna one up him. I'd let you bang my mom. <laughs> Is she hot? <laughs> of course. I am speechless. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the end of tonight's show. Uh, thanks for joining us. <laughs> I'm going to be quiet now. <laughs> I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'm loving this. Rousted, no, this is yeah, awesome. It's like awesome. This is, you know, this is what the show is. Well, if you want me to keep talking? I, can, I got more to say. We I'm didn't say that. Let Wayne ask some questions. <laughs> but Sean, when um, when violence broke up, what what did you do? Like, did you continue with music at all? No, um, so I was never in a band before violence. And then I left violence um, after nothing again because I just didn't see this industry, you know, like there was any real hope for bands out there just trying to create, you know. Mm. Um, and then I just went and got my contractor's license. Um, been working, you know, building stuff and working for big developers and raising my kids and, and you know, just do, doing that stuff, the dad stuff. You know, my daughter, she dances and uh, my son plays ice hockey. So oh, wow. he's 18. He plays for junior hockey team. And my daughter's 14. She's a competitive dancer. Oh, very good. So that's what I've been doing, you know, just living the life. You know, I went, hmm, oh, this ain't paying much. I got to go find something that doesn't pay good. <laughs> and so I was able to build a career. <laughs> now, how, now, now that you're back, how much do you notice things have changed since you uh, left um well uh you know you got the information stuff everywhere and yeah. um what's cool is that like back in the day you'd, you'd have a magazine write a shitty article about your album and that was just it right, <laughs> right? now right. A, a magazine writes a shitty article about you and your fans go on there and attack <laughs> you know so people can people can comment back you know as opposed to just reading the magazine and there's no rebuttals or anything like that. So, you know, and, and same with fanzines at the time, but now you have the, you know, information society and, uh, you know, word travels fast and uh, which is kind of a good thing for, for bands and businesses that are trying to, you know, create something. And, um, and uh, that plus with the digital era, <clears throat> you, you know, you don't need what you used to need back in the day, mm. as far as financing and, and so uh, you're able to do it like we we never wanted to have like a, a record label bid, you know, where labels are, you know, trying to compete to get our get our, our, our EP. You know, we just went straight to Metal Blade. And, right. You know, uh, Phil talked to Brian and we worked out a deal and, and we only, you know, got the money that we needed to do what we needed to do. You know, it wasn't like you needed all this extra dough, you know, and, and we did it there at Wands, so. It wasn't like we flew somewhere or, you know, but I think too, is the labels, uh, 
they can put out more product, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, well, I mean, Metal Blade, they're putting out stuff, seems like every day. Right. You know, yeah. We're kind of in line, you know, to put our stuff out in March, right? It's been ready for a while, but, you know, with manufacturing well, stuff, you just kind of get in the line. And, and so March 4th was our date. And, you know, we had deadlines to meet before that. But um, I think that the uh, ability to do stuff digitally saves money and, and makes it more convenient. Like I can go down to Juan's, we just send him, you know, Phil records something on, on his um, Pro Tools and sends it to me and then I write and I send it to Juan and then I can go down there at a studio with a real microphone, a real setup and record vocals as a demo, you know. Uh, we demoed a lot of this material. At, at, with I demoed a lot of it with Christian. We Because de- we, Christian has Pro Tools and he's just a genius at it, so. He would bring his computer up to our, reco- our 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 studio, our practice studio, and we would demo there. You know, as opposed to having to go somewhere. As a f- matter of fact, uh, California Uberalis we did in our reco- our rehearsal studio, and then Christian produced all of that himself. You know, he took it home with him, and and so what you hear on there is all Christian's production. So it just makes things easier, you know. Like, yes. <laughs> dude, back in the day, I had a cassette. <laughs> it was like picking up all the rooms so you hear you know the cymbals and some guitar and a little bass and then i'm like trying to write over that and now it's like you know a lot better yeah, you can actually hear what's going on i was gonna yeah. ask why why did you uh pick that song to cover that's a great song by the way I, lo- I love the kennedys but yeah so we were gonna so when we played in brooklyn at the brooklyn bazaar we played uh uh living in the city by fear and then nice. we we're going to play in Oakland. We we're going to play in Oakland. And we figured, well, let's play California Uberalis. We throw it in the set. And, you know, we were rehearsing it and then everything shut down. So it was like we did, we wrote uh, Flesh from Bone and Screaming Always. And then went from, we were just kind of, Phil was kind of like, well, we should do something, put it out, you know. So we have something out there that people can listen to. And so, you know, we were like, well, let's do the Dead Kennedy song since we know it, <laughs> you know. And like I said, we recorded in our rehearsal studio and put it out. I think some people were like a little critical, but we weren't like, we just put it out to, cause we wanted to do something. We filmed it in Phil's bar that was closed at the yeah. time because of COVID. <laughs> so. And did, you hear yeah. from, uh, did you hear from Jello at all? Did he say anything about it? Uh, we contacted him, you know, cause he, we had to get the rights to, for Metal Blade had to get the rights to use it. And, and then we contacted him, asked him if he was available, if he wanted to be in the video behind the bar. Mm. Um, but he was not in town, I don't think, or he was leaving to go do something. And so that's Phil's wife uh, behind the bar, Nurse Cratchit, oh. is uh, <laughs> what we kind of likened her to. <laughs> that's uh, Marta, formerly of Bleeding Through, correct? Correct, yeah. I would yeah. assume that with doing a cover, um, it would just be a matter of having to pay mechanical fees to the original writers, which is uh, Jello Biafra. You actually had to get permission from him to cover it? Uh, I don't know how they did it. It's the label did it. You know, they got people. They got people. <laughs> they know people who know people who know people. They do. There you go. Well, me personally, I loved it. I right love it better than the original song because all due respect could never stay in Jello's voice. So <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. like Phil Dean loved dead candy so we listened to it all the time when he was driving the van you know we were touring like eternal nightmare and uh it, it wore on it, it it i didn't i wasn't a real fan of his voice but his lyrics are amazing and so you know oh yeah definitely 
it's, and, um, it, 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 it's a good song it's just um it, it, because because one it fit violence's attitude you yeah. know an outlook and everything and then just your vocals just totally connected with me i love it great cover thanks dude is it on the ep the the cover it's a single i don't know no, it's not yeah, I don't. I, I saw the. You don't the know track. what's on your own EP. <laughs> I don't think I saw it. Well, he's he's got to wait for Brian to press six different limited edition copies of the Slayer <laughs> album first before they put it out. <laughs> oh, we're on the sixth edition now. Okay. Hang on, guys. I'm gonna turn the slide on real quick. It's gonna get dark. Yeah, I've been quiet. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to detract from the interview. That's just one thing that has irritated yeah, I, Metal I Blade lately. It's... Seems like every month there's a new Slayer repress. I don't know. I don't know if it'll be on the album <laughs> or the well, EP. It's not on the EP. I didn't see it's, it on the track list. Unless it's a, a hidden track or something. Yeah. But, uh, I think that dog might be hungry. Pepito? Will the, will the dog uh, be on the EP? That dog sounds like Jello Biafra. No, just kidding. She's like this big. <laughs> will, the, will the dog be sorry greg <laughs> no the dog will not but we'll be on this interview i get t- uh, tons of comments whose dog was that <laughs> and it's sean's dog yeah uh, but um and then you recently uh i think it was last year right uh you just got over covid yeah right? i got covid in august and uh <clears throat> i i had it in two weeks you know it was kind of like it felt like crap but right. That third week, I started having problems breathing because you know I got to be on. <laughs> I'm here like I'm on, I'm on COVID and I'm taking my my immune suppressant drugs for my liver. Right. Thinking to myself, <laughs> hmm, this isn't really a good combination. <laughs> right. This is gonna catch up with me. Yeah. <laughs> and right. so you know, the third week I went in, uh, I was having a little bit of trouble breathing, so I went in and spent about seven days there cycling through antibiotics and stuff. But um, I probably could have left after the third day but like i said i was going through the antibiotics i was off oxygen i was on it when i first got there but um yeah and yeah, you know no i'm fine it took me a few weeks to recover yeah. huh no long lasting effects or anything from it uh, it took about three weeks to recover fully you know where mm. i could feel like i could breathe you know because yeah. anything you do at that stage you're like kind of it's like you're winded right. even getting up to go take a piss you know right were you recording anything during that time no no we were all done we okay. had shows booked and unfortunately we had to cancel a bunch psycho fest and we had san diego and la and portland and seattle and uh the alcatraz fest in belgium um because at the time you just needed a pcr test to go to right. go over there um which i'm sure is going to come back soon but yeah, anyway I so i hope so yeah, so we missed out on six shows. We were on the main stage with the, oh man, I think Exodus was that night or the night before, but um, was it Napalm Death or or something like that? Or, or uh, yeah, um, shoot. The guy in Corpse Grinder? That guy, Corp, what? Oh, yeah, yeah, Cannibal Corpse. Cannibal Corpse. It might have been Napalm Death that was headlining. It was him or Cannibal Corpse, one or the other. But we were on the big giant stage, and I'm in the hospital, and people are live feeding it, and I'm sitting there like, "Holy <laughs> shit! Look at that stage! I could have been on, <laughs> fucking wind up in the hospital." <laughs> uh, Sean, I just really want uh, want to say real quick, I'm really glad that you beat COVID because uh, on 
Wayne, Greg, and Ralph, no, I uh, just lost my uh, I just lost my mom recently. Oh man, I'm sorry. It. Thank you, but unfortunately, COVID exacerbated. She had a condition called myasthenia gravis, which is an autoimmune uh-huh. disease. So, um, yeah. you know, I I uh, I'm happy for everyone who beats it. I'm you know sad for anyone who's lost a loved one to it. I'm glad you're 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 alive and well. So thanks. I'm sorry about your mom. That Thanks, dude. Appreciate been, uh, it. Painful. Yeah. Uh, Ralph, I'll let you go now. Oh, oh, you're gonna let me talk now? I'll let you talk now. Oh, wait a minute. No, go ahead. Uh, so, what's your opinion on the 2022 midterm? Oh, no, just kidding. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I only talk politics on David from. Having, no, uh, no, we're podcast. apolitical. We're apolitical. <laughs> sorry, Ralph. Go ahead. Forget politics. Since you have Ralph and I on here, I think the more important question for Sean would be: DLR or Van Hagar? <laughs> oh, Sean. Uh, Sean, your fan, my phantom to you depends on. This. Oh, please, yeah, uh, David Lee Roth, dude. Yeah, uh, yes! that, you're lucky. You're you lucky. Know, That's what, what I grew up on. <laughs> Wayne, you're I, fired. <laughs> I got that first record, the Van Halen record, and uh, I was it, on Christmas, and I was like 13 or 14 or something. But um, yeah, that David Lee Roth. I mean, that's what I grew up on. That's the greatest Christmas present one could ever ask for when it first came yeah. out. Absolutely. John, so so you write. I mean, not only do you have the voice to match it, but you write these really, really demented lyrics. I mean, what are, you, are you are you into like you know like these serial killer movies or something like that to come up with such, you know, like calling in the corner that little section where you're talking about you know the mother goes into the funeral home and stuff like that. What do where, where do you come up with such crazy demented ideas? He watches you know, Disney I, films like Bambi. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> Um, you know, just pic- pictures in my mind, you know, as I try to think about, because I, I would, you know, you see them on news, wheeling out the body and, you know, uh, you, and they got to go through a whole process and open casket funeral. And yeah, Have it, you, just, uh, it just kind of comes together. I don't know. <laughs> well, when, when, when Eternal Nightmare was released, did the FBI profile you? <laughs> no, <laughs> they probably should have. They probably still do if they did. Well, they probably started yesterday. <laughs> yeah, not for nothing, but anything that's in metal lyrics, I'm sorry, stuff that's on the news is 10 times worse. Oh, yeah. Oh. Well, you know, I get a lot of my ideas from documentaries and reading, and um, I just try to think, you know, when it comes to topics outside, I just try to think outside the box and what sounds cool and, you know, like phobophobia. You know, I didn't know anything about phobophobia. I just started looking up phobias and came across it. And I was just reading about stuff and, you know, and uh, TDS, the drug song. And, and a lot of those songs, too, it's like uh, you have the different points of view, you know, throughout the song. And it's funny because my dad was a cop and he read TDS. Or no, yeah, he read TDS. <laughs> After the first couple of verses, he's like, what the hell is this? Are you glorifying druggies? Like, you, know, you gotta keep like you gotta keep reading it until the end, you know, and then you'll get the to- the whole message. And you know, so th- there was a lot of uh and, and you know, like engulfed by flames. I just was like interested in that subject. So I started reading about it and looking up you know videos and and it just came out, you know, as as one of the songs that I decided to write about because it is demented. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Did your parents uh, like your music? 
Uh, no, they didn't like it. But my mom, you know, when she first heard when she first heard the demo, mm. uh, she was she said to me, "Well, it sounds like it's professionally done." It's like, <laughs> well, I had to sell my half stack to, to bring up to get my portion of the you know the funds, the right. five hundred bucks I needed. Wow. You know, so yeah, that, and, and my dad, he's seen me a couple times. He's passed away since, but um, he's seen me a couple times at the army. I don't know if he saw me at the stone. He might have just seen me at the Omni a couple of times. Mm. But yeah, my mom would go all the time. As a matter of fact, if you look at Thrash and the Titans, and while we're on stage, if you look at stage right, she's standing there next to the stack with her purse and her sweater looking up, and then my nephew's <laughs> sitting right below her. <laughs> so, yeah, you'll see my mom in there if you go look for her. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I, I, I got to say, when I... I I went to that show mainly for violence, but you know, I like all these other bands and every band was so on that night, but there was an energy even before violence came out. It seemed like the whole place was there for the violence reunion. Yeah. And uh, the first thing you did when you walked out, I don't remember, I don't know if you remember this, you walked down and you just said, what the fuck? And I was like, <laughs> oh, shit, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Dude, we practiced three straight months for that show. <laughs> Cause we didn't want to go out there and fucking, you know, piss our pants. <laughs> you know, and, I, and i don't know if you ventured into the bathroom after your set but it was bloody the bathroom was like there was blood everywhere really awesome yeah, it was insane and i gotta say most times when you watch like a concert video it's like it doesn't capture it like when you're actually there but i gotta say that dvd you guys put out with the bonus disc of the thrasher that it really did capture that night uh yeah. the vibe and everything like i highly recommend that's a great documentary too uh with the late great debbie abono it was like yeah and this poor the poor thing you put uh, the poor woman you guys put her through you know i mean yeah we did yeah but yeah. but she's legendary man she is if th those that don't she was know. great you know she was great for us on the road and you know no one wanted their grandma on the road with her but you know, she took care of business. So we, all we had to worry about was playing and sound checking and eating and sleeping as much as we could. <laughs> that is one cool meme. Definitely. Yeah. It's so awesome that she was into this music or, or really believed in you guys, you know? Yeah. When we went to, <laughs> we were in New York, her, her daughter flew out and <laughs> went shopping. And then we have all these like expensive Gucci shit. <laughs> they got all their bags in the van and we're like, okay, we have equipment. There's like no room for us even. And you're bringing all these bags onto the van. <laughs> if, yeah. if you ever play Long Island, we'll take you to Tanger's Outlet. You'll get the Gucci stuff, but cheaper. So <laughs> nice. I'm not, I'm not James Hatfield. <laughs> <laughs> I love that meme. Oh man. When, when you guys go out on tour, do you, do you get, uh, do you stay in the bus? Or do you get hotels and stuff like that? Uh, we, so we don't do like, like, you know, that corner thing, that's what five shows and we do the Oblivion Access Fest in Austin, the, the, the day, you know, before the day before Chicago. And um, so it's, we get hotels, you know, we, we usually get a hotel for each of us and we fly to our locations if we have to, you know, like we played Atlanta and Chicago, you know, you have to fly from Atlanta to Chicago. So you're there in time, but, you know, I set up all the flights and and all the rental cars if we need rental cars or ubers and stuff like that well in miami you won't because i'll drive you guys around you can stay awesome yeah well a lot of the clubs they do provide a driver but not all not always 
Well, I'll drive you guys. You guys can stay in my house, but you ain't going to sleep. I'm going to talk your ass off. <laughs> in other words, this interview is going to go on until three in the morning. <laughs> I'll go see him in Chicago, though. I'll be running the other way. <laughs> but I, uh, Sean, is it safe to say, though, that, I mean, it seems like what a lot of bands do. And I, I think I'd even have to credit maybe Twisted Sister for uh, starting this, you know, kind of just like flying out for the weekend shows where they know they could get more people. Is that kind of along the lines of what you would probably do maybe after yeah. this tour with uh, corner takes place? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it is. That's what we did. That's what we did all through 2019. You know, we did weekends and like, you know, we went to, we went to uh, San Juan, Puerto Rico. The promoter flew us out, gave us a flat rate, flew us home. Um, I think we took the long way. Uh, same thing in Mexico City, it's, but like around the states, uh, we some some places offer that and some places don't. And so Nick. you know, if they offer it, you take less money up front. If they don't, then you take more money because you got to pay for the flights and everything. Yeah, that just seems like the more economically feasible and logical thing to do. That's oh my god, that dog is so cute! <laughs> is that a Chihuahua? That's a chug. Her dad's a pug, and the mom's a Chihuahua. That's a puppy, right? Yeah, she's uh, seven months. She wow, won't get wow. any bigger, though. Wow. <laughs> she won't get any bigger than this. <laughs> but yeah, that's Pepita. Uh, okay, do dumbbell lifts with it. Yeah, it's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> she's over here harassing me. <laughs> so, so now, hey, she, you know, you take a picture of her like that, that'd make a great picture disc single. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is, we uh, treat our children like dogs. I'm sorry. I didn't, where did that come from? Children are dogs. So now, now, now Phil, Phil Demo is going to be touring with, uh, like, helping out Overkill. Yeah. Uh, I got to ask, you know, since Bobby's in your band, was there any, like, Bobby was like, did Bobby ever say, like, what the fuck, really? I mean, I know those songs. Why are they asking? Out of every guitar player on the planet. Oh, Bobby wouldn't play with them. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, actually, yeah. I have talked to him about it, but yeah. <laughs> so you know, yeah, I, I, know um, I know the bad blood there. Uh, yeah. very- but it's the whole. It's all surrounded by that all the vaccine stuff and you know mandates and and so some of the guys in bands they don't they don't want to participate in that and so uh, they need someone and Phil. Uh, you know, we don't have anything booked until May, and so Phil goes out and you know does his thing with different bands and he played that cruise with Lamb of God and. You know, I mean, he's a great guitar player. He 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 can pick up stuff real fast. Played with Slayer too. Yeah, yeah. I think he picked that up in like two days or three days. He had to be on stage. <laughs> uh, he's definitely the uh, go-to guy. So. Um, mm-hmm. uh, j- just out of curiosity, I mean, I know you guys are playing the uh, the Death Fest together, but um, I mean, Violence Corner, two of my favorite bands, but. What led to you guys doing a tour together? It just seems so weird because Sweden, San Francisco. Uh, well, our booking agent, um, Aaron Gray at uh, Heavy Talent, you know, he uh, helped put this together. I'm not sure if Corner's on the same uh, booking agency as we are. Um, and Destruction's on that agency in the States. And so I think uh, Aaron, I think they Corner guys were coming here. And so the two agents in the same company work together to put 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 the package together so 
I don't know if they're going to stick around and do more shows or just do the the, show, the five shows or. Yeah, honestly, I wish they would. They're, they're not to discount you guys in any way, but they're they're one of my favorite bands of all time. I drove six hours to see them when they played Baltimore twelve years ago. Right. <laughs> yeah, I heard they don't come here very often. So, and and I, you know, I I was I never really listened to Corner. I'm not really I don't listen to a whole lot of metal. You know, the early stuff, the the classics. But um, like, if you ask me who this band was, I'd be like, I don't know, who are they? <laughs> well, what's your favorite Celtic to... Frost album? Uh, it's Surprise. Or... Yes! Morbid Tales. Yes! Morbid Tales. Well, I hope yeah. you weren't Best betting on Cold Lake, Greg. ever. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up on that before, I think I was listening to that, before Megadeth's first record came out. And yeah. I mean, I come from the Bay Area scene from like when, because uh, you know, I went to high school with Clipper, and he was a friend of mine. And um, I did, he was when they were in town, I during uh, Kill 'em All and, and Masters of Puppets, I helped him out on a couple shows here in the Bay Area. And you know, I, I just come from that scene and seeing like Slayer, my first thrash show, was Slayer at the Keystone, Berkeley, and they still had the black makeup under their eyes. Um, but that was like my first thrash show, and then I saw him a couple nights later at Ruthie's Inn. And, you know, seen Exodus at Ruthie's and Possessed and, you know, all the bands from the Bay Area as they were kind of growing. And then our second wave, we kind of, <clears throat> I think I played Ruthie's once. And then uh, the rest of the times we were either playing the Stone or the Omni or, you know, on Broadway or Mabuhay Gardens or something like Keystone, Santa Clara or Palo Alto, wherever the hell it is. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, uh, it's kind of cool that, because at the time you were just like punks hanging out and you loved the thrash metal and you know the bands were really exciting because they're all young and hungry and um, the shows were awesome and i remember ruthie's the ceiling wasn't that high <clears throat> and toby rage he would just come off the stage walking across people's heads so you always had to keep an eye out for toby or <laughs> or andy would, would jump yeah. off the stage like you know and you'd get the karate kick in the head or you know and, you know, I've seen Paul Bailoff just destroy this dude that was in the middle of the pit with like some, he might have had the Union Jack t uh, tank top on. And, but yeah, Paul just got him from behind and just like smashed the dude. It was like, oh man. A lot of crazy shit happened in that club. Were you friends with Paul? Yeah, yeah. We hung out. He and I hung out a lot, actually. I, I Yeah. I, I used to help out Exodus on Bonded by Blood, like if we went to Sacramento or or, or they played uh i think they played the kabuki theater with megadeth they might have been over i think they were over megadeth at the time and uh yeah but we did hang out a lot because i know there's a many many stories about mr paul bailiff he used to have a business card to like ruin your wreck your house and stuff <laughs> well when we went to sacramento i remember uh me and my friend don griggs we showed up in the morning because they're heading out and uh paul showed up he had a little box with a dead mouse in it that he found in a mouse trap in his house and he had it with him all day and then after the show we were at some after party and some chick passed out and he pulled out the mouse and dropped it right in her mouth oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she came out of the room fucking screaming once you realize what happened, we were all Some family it. entertainment. Okay, time to go. Time to go. 
Wow. Yeah. So, so what um, you you were saying, like you're just into the old metal. Like, what what are your main influences? Like, who would you say is like your favorite bands growing up? You know, before. Uh... Well, I listened to punk a lot back then, and I listened to you know Bonded by Blood and Show No Mercy, and you know all the classics. And, and but when I write, I'm not like. I don't. I wouldn't say I'm in, like. There's no sound I'm trying to get. It just comes. I just write, and that's what comes out, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I'm chasing this sound. It's, it's, uh, it's more of me just my demented way of putting, you know, vocal patterns over thrash metal, and you know, and the way I sound. It's not like I tried to do that. It just that's what came out when I first started writing. And you know, this album's a little bit more different because I put a lot more into it. And, you know, more mature than I, you know, I think I was like 20 or when I wrote, you know, Eternal Nightmare lyrics and uh, maybe 19 for some of them. I, I can't remember, but we always partied at my house. You know, my mom, she moved to Holland when my brother and I were 18 and 19. <laughs> so her, her house turned into the party house, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And so, you know, there's just a, a lot of, a lot of people from that, scene would come out to the house and we or we'd be at you know after shows you go metallica house or or, uh where bailoff lived and there was like a studio in oakland people we always used to go there after shows yeah so it's like am i influenced by anything i'd have to say more punk than anything i think that's why back in the day i spit out lyrics like i was because i wanted that kind of punk sound you know but it wasn't like i was trying you know, today I hear a lot of bands and they, they, it's like they're chasing this sound and, you know, it's like you can listen to Sirius XM and there's, I'd be driving down the highway, I wouldn't know if one band ended and another began if I wasn't paying attention, which, you know, it is what it is. Well, that's the thing about violence. I mean, you couldn't, there was nobody that sounded like you uh, at the time. Like you, know, you mentioned before, like phobophobia. Uh, there was a time where my band wanted to record it. And I was like, there's no way I can do that. You know, <laughs> the way you deliver phobophobia is like even extra crazy with so many words and, you know, the flow <laughs> and it's, it was so original, you know, it's just an original, you, you had an original pro- approach to your vocals that I don't think any thrash, well, I know no thrash bands had, you know. Rob, you, was this thrash or die or, or combats wanted to cover it? Thrash or die, actually. Okay. Yeah, we want. Yeah, well, I think a lot of those bands, if you, I mean, because you know, if you listen to Bonded by Blood, it doesn't sound like you know, with Paul's leading the band and those killer wrists that, that they wrote, it, it doesn't sound you know like Slayer, and and Slayer doesn't sound like Megadeth, and and I think that's and and they don't sound like Suicidal, who come up all the time, and, you know, and 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 Possessed. I mean, they basically started death metal, right. <laughs> you know, and they were out playing before some of these other bands but uh, right. they all sound distinctly different you know in testament you know with chuck and and death angel with mark and um so that's where i see that the resurgence of thrash i think is is a good thing for music because it you know none of us ever sounded like each other and we never you know sounded like you know you couldn't pick out a thrash metal band that sounds like any band that's young coming out with new music today was it i i might have the band wrong was it um scarecrow you produced back in the day 
Um, uh, no, it was um, with Will. Did, yeah, well, I did a, a a band called Chaos, and then I did. Um, <laughs> they're gonna kill me if I don't fucking remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's gonna come to me here. I just actually they're gonna they're gonna re-release it. It's with Ted and Will Carroll. And and, uh, I just did a three question, you know, write in interview because they're gonna re-release the uh, demo. I guess they got somebody to pick it up. Right on. Yeah, Yeah. wanna hear because Will told me that oh Sean produced my band. I didn't know if it was Scarecrow or not. Not just like you, I can't remember the name of the band. It'll come to me. But yeah, I helped them out and I got Rob and Phil donated their marshals so that they had something decent to record on because they didn't have anything really good. And, you know, like I had them stay in my house and fed them spaghetti. And it, it took us like three days. At, at, not at Prairie Sound. I forget the name of the studio, too. It was in Livermore. Did you do a lot of producing? No, not much. Just like, you know, I, I, like. I'm still the same as I was back then. Like I like the young bands because they have sounds that, you know, and so when I go to shows, I don't go see Testament and Exodus and Death Angel. I go see like, you know, maybe uh, Zet's kids band, you know, Hatriot and, and, and I'll be there for the first band because I want to hear all these young kids and what they're doing. And, you know, I usually, it's a lot of times it's the first band that goes on. It's the best, (laughs) but the last Hatriot show I went to a few weeks ago, the first band was pretty good, but the third band, they, they did really good. And, you know, that's how you see new stuff. You know, that's, I, you know I've always been that way. And, you know, that's kind of why Warfare DC. I'm looking up some of the stuff that you uh, produced. Warfare and, DC. Uh, yeah. Pigs. Um, Extinction. Yeah. That's all I see here. So. Go ahead, Ralph. Well, no, I'll, I'll let you guys talk. Well, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> well, 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 no, what I was going to say was, and I was actually going to say, I'll save you, Ralph. I'll say, or, or Sean, I mean, when he couldn't remember the band's name, I'll say something inflammatory a little bit. Just <laughs> some people off. Why the fuck not? But um, it, 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 I'm 15 to 20, whatever, younger years, older than most of these, or younger blah, than most of these guys. So, I heard um, violence and all that a lot later on and violence really stuck out to me because it was so different. I mean, I guess being in the scene, you wouldn't hear it, but um, uh, Testament, Forbidden, bands like that. Yes, Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, they followed the new wave of British heavy metal line and kind of in, uh, took it further and laid it down and all like that. But um, violence was something completely different to me, really. You guys had an energy and a way of playing and a way of singing that was just, bam, in your face, a lot of power. Yeah, well, you know, we always wanted to be the fastest and the heaviest and the most intense Bay Area thrash band. And there was a lot of competition back then, you know, it's good competition, but, you know, we all look back and go, oh yeah, that was friendly competition. But back then when you're freaking got testosterone pumping through you and everyone wants to be the best, (laughs) you know, we were always like, we're going to be the fucking heaviest and we're going to be the fastest and we're going to be all of that, you know, try to catch it. Well, 
I think you guys accomplished it. I mean, let's face it, Eternal Nightmare and Testament did uh, uh, practice what you preach around the same time. It just, (laughs) not to cut on them, I don't want Chuck Billy coming trying to kick my ass or anything, and I like Testament too, but uh, it's just what was going on at the time. It's just this amazing breath of fresh air um the energy that heavy metal really had in the early 80s you know black sabbath heaven and hell celtic frost Mm -hmm. morbid tales just all kinds of different things that's uh what eternal nightmare was really like you guys totally accomplished it and and with the new ep you're still on the same path yeah well because we don't want to compromise you know we want to be still heavier and faster and more intense and more vulgar and more offensive and you know, all those things put together. I mean, that's what metal to me is. It's not, uh, you know, heavy metal. It's like, I can't see myself singing about, you know, my girlfriend, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it just doesn't fit. Right. And so for me, it's like when I write lyrics and and vocal lines, I just think metal, you know, and, and, and not anything else. And, you know, I don't try to make, you know, pull to take two things and make them one. Just for me, it doesn't work. It's got to be hard. It's got to be heavy. It's got to be fuck you. It's got to be all that. I can totally see you singing about killing your girlfriend. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah, do yeah. that. Kind of <laughs> like uh, TSOL Cold Blue. I want to fuck the dead. <laughs> yeah, dude. Why would they say that? You know, the, uh, for no other reason to do offend somebody. <laughs> and that's what I that's what I enjoy the most. It's like if, if, if my lyrics offend offend you, like torture tactics for Atlantic Records, well then cool. You know? Right. Thank Good. God. Maybe you needed maybe you needed to be offended. Yeah. <laughs> Good art is meant to offend. Thank God yeah. for Caroline Records that put it out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. What was Yeah. I'm quiet. No, no. Um, I, I was going to say, I always, I always found that funny, you know, and I mean, great, granted, I, w- I was like a fucking toddler at the time, so wasn't there to co- comment on it and all then, but I always found it funny that uh, torture tactics pissed people off so much because uh, your lyrics and violence, they were always pretty intense and descriptive and graphic but uh you you have a way of writing similar to leaving actually from fear one of my favorite bands one of my heroes yeah i just don't think anyone really it it stood out to the masses so to speak until torture tactics because you're so good at linguistics that was more blatant but something like call for the coroner or eternal yeah. nightmare as a whole just blew right past well, it. I, I gotta say greg not to cut you off it, they are brutal lyrics and killing command but torture tactics <laughs> that one's pretty brutal man you know like the daughter and you know the the way they were torture people isn't it true sean that it did uh end up on oppressing the masses and then they destroyed all the copies that had it on there so it was to be released like 30 days and then uh, some executive at Atlantic saw the lyrics and put the kibosh on that song. At the same time, releasing two live crew, Niso Honey, <laughs> going, look, we stand for freedom of speech. 
but not that speech because that hurt my feelings. <laughs> you, know? you could talk about asses all day long. <laughs> yeah. I love but... me so horny. Sorry. Just <laughs> That's a good song. <laughs> Man, fuck two live crew. This is about violence. <laughs> Go ahead, Ralph. I see you itching over there. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say, well, it's just herpes. <laughs> you know, you know, it's the great thing about herpes, you only catch it once. <laughs> well, it's the gift that goes you know, on Ralph, forever. I gotta agree with that, and I'm not just sure I'm HIV positive. Yeah, Wayne, <laughs> take your show back, doesn't matter anymore. Be negative for now. Uh, but uh yeah well, what up man now i'm having brain fart like go on i, I know i'll think of something <laughs> um well um yeah uh, what, one thing i go. did uh, i did want to ask sean just because um i've seen you you know reading through different types of media whether it be magazine or uh internet over the years uh it always mentioned that you guys were like really tight with Laz Rocket, but um, well, they were I, they were East Bay guys. They were from the Dublin, the Tri Valley, where Chuck's from, and Phil and Zet. And that's the funny part. It's like, oh, the San Francisco Bay Area thrashy. It's like, well, I don't think anyone but Death Angel is actually from San Francisco. <laughs> the rest of us were all from the East Bay and Dublin and Livermore. And you know, I lived in Castro Valley. Yeah. So they, yeah, okay. they they all knew each other really well. I mean, Ed Billy was playing bass in this band before Dean. Yep, and um, uh, oh, what uh, Ray was in Forbidden Evil as well, wasn't he? Uh, Rob, yeah, Rob. Rob, I'm sorry. They practiced right across the hall from us. <laughs> we stole them. <laughs> they, were <so> <laughs> off. they were. They. I don't think Craig Lacicero will ever forgive forgive violence for that. <laughs> You, you said you said violence. Well, it happens. Violence was your first band. You didn't do anything before violence, like even jam with a, a band locally or practice no. with anybody. No. So how did it happen? How did you get the gig? Because I know violence was already around before you. Yeah. So Jerry, we all worked together uh, at this place. We took Subarus off of ships and and processed them, put mag wheels on them, and cleaned them, and everything. Sent them out on trains and trucks, and it was. Uh, Greggy Christian worked there. Zet worked there. Um, uh, you know, Dean, Phil, uh, Dean's brother, Dave, um, Eric Peterson, I think, worked there. Uh, so when Jerry left the band, you know, Dean was like, well, hey, Jerry left the band. We don't have a singer. And so I went up to Phil and said, hey, I'll, I'll try that. Why not? You know, I'm, I, I dig metal. <laughs> so uh, when I went to try out, I they gave me the lyrics and I was like, Oh, I don't even get this. So I rewrote the lyrics. And so I went to try out and I come in, I'm like, yeah, well, you know, I rewrote the lyrics and they're like, who the fuck does this guy think he is? You know? <laughs> and then I did the three songs that Phil gave me. And uh, then I didn't hear from him. And I saw Phil at Ruthie's in the parking lot. I was like, Hey, so uh, what's up? And he's all, well, Jerry decided to come back to the band. And then I was like, well, oh, okay, cool. Whatever. And, uh, I think it was a few weeks later they came back at work said, Hey, so Jerry left again. You wanna you wanna try out again? I was like, Yeah, sure. So that's how I got in the band. But no, I was never in a band before or after, you know. Hmm. Wow, man. And you came up with this style of sync. 
well, this style of singing, you know, maybe you got some from some certain punk band or is that just originally you? Because I never heard anybody deliver. I just wrote the lyrics like I heard them come, you know, because I would listen to the music and just write lyrics on top of it. I still do it the same way. And that's uh, just what I hear in my head, you know. And for me, it's like the pattern, the vocal pattern uh, is often the hardest piece for me to put, pull together. And then the lyrics come pretty quick after that. I mean, there's a couple of songs that took me a little bit of time to write, but, um, you know, Gato Negro took me a little bit of time. And, but um, it, once I get the pattern, the lyrics kind of come easy because I'm just, I'm not necessarily thinking about words as direction, where I want to go, where do I want to take this and, you know, and so, you know, that's kind of how it comes out. It's how it's always come out of me, you know? Right on. So I'm pretty fortunate in that. And I'm fortunate that, uh, you know, I, I don't know, writing lyrics for me is kind of simple. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they're pretty tough. I mean, the lyrics are pretty in-depth, but um, there's only a few times I actually struggled to, to, to write, to, you know, write the lyrics to a song it's usually the pattern that takes me a little more time <laughs> did mentally afflicted come to you like kind of quick uh mentally afflicted uh it came pretty quick uh i wrote that bass riff uh yeah i wrote that it was funny is that when christian <laughs> was working with us he was just like man who fucking let the singer write a riff <laughs> because it's such a <laughs> it'll tie your fingers in knots you know and uh but yeah, that that one was that that one uh, came pretty easy. I think it was like uh, TDS took me a little bit of time to to write. And you know, you get blocks, so you stop and you know do it a couple, come back to it a couple days later when you have that. But you know, once you get on a roll, once I get on a roll, it's like, oh yeah. And, and so then then I can go back and I just write what I, comes in my head too. And then sometimes a lot of times I'll go back and edit it. And, you know, change words, maybe diff that have different number of syllables. And because I'm thinking about that too, you know, how does it fit? Phobophobia, that, that might have been tough, right? Actually, the lyrics came out pretty quick wow. for phobophobia. Yeah. A real busy one. And yeah. Kill on Command was pretty easy. Eternal Nightmare took me a little bit of time, but that's the first song I ever wrote lyrics to. Right on. All right, God. Uh, cool. Getting to the uh, the new EP. Uh, did you want to do an EP, or did you want to maybe do an album? No, we uh, Phil and I when we were in Mesa there, we were talking about doing it, and, and then it was like, well, I don't want to get bogged down trying to do some ten song album, or, and we haven't written anything, you know, for a long time. Yeah. And so it was. The, we both agreed that four four songs would work, and we could put out a four song EP, and then. You know, as we're writing, that turned into five songs because we got on a roll. And um, like I said, Flesh from Bone was the first song we wrote. Yeah. And uh, and then uh, Screaming Always and Screaming Always. And then uh, uh, what was the third song? Um, it, I think it might have been Let the World Burn. I think it was Let the World Burn, then Gato Negro, and then Upon Their Cross. That's kind of how we wrote it, you know, in that order. Yeah. but yeah we never thought about writing that an album and even today we talk about well we'll only do like five songs or you know the ep format's good because then we can turn music get music done and get it out you know right. i was gonna say because like the way things are now like with the digital stuff and everything uh it seems like a lot of bands are kind of 
somewhat doing away with a full album and releasing songs, you know, every month or something, or doing like EPs like you guys are going to do. So, yeah, you know, maybe that might be the smart way because that's supposedly that's how Spotify wants people to do things because it gets your your music out there more often, you know. Yeah, you know, it's it's a cool new thing to try out, and hopefully it works. And yeah, because I mean, you know, what it takes bands a couple of years between albums, sometimes three years, you right. know, to For go sure. out and tour that record right. and then come back to the studio and write another one. And so it's like, it just seems like a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, to write a full length album. <laughs> uh, you told me the lyrics. You you don't know this, but this is a funny story. Um, I have my guitar player who joined the band at 17. He would call me almost every day just to talk about you. That's all he would call me about, about your lyrics and certain things. Well, for his birthday, I ordered a cameo for you to do for him. And oh, I got, you did. Yeah, and I got the money back. And then I got the money back because you didn't do it for some reason. But then the next day, you sent me like uh, the cameo saying, look, I'm sorry. I don't know the apps on my phone or I didn't see it or something like that. Yeah. <clears throat> and you wish him a happy birthday and you recited some of the lyrics to um, Flesh and Bone and, and uh, boy, you made his day. And when awesome. we, and then he called me like, you know, for several weeks after that, reciting those lyrics, man, I can't wait to hear this song. <laughs> it's so Killian, you know, it's so demented, you know, it's breathing, yeah. you die and you know, your last, I breathe your last breath. Is that what it was? Uh, 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 it's just classic, whatever it was. It's um, uh, inhaling their, I stand on cowards, inhaling their last breath. Yeah, that was awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, he was very. The division, it comes to my head, dude. It's like, I don't know. It's just what I see. And then I just say it. And, and you know, the thing about the lyrics for this EP is, unlike calling in the corner which you know in some of the other songs which are very specific uh, this is more like uh you know me trying to take what i see in my head and put it down in, in, in words and then i'm hoping that when people read the lyrics they're seeing images in their head that you know are their own images and, and a lot of times you know i do interviews and I'm like oh we'll describe the song and what does this mean and what does that mean in uh, you know the song and it's like well you know it's it's about this you know i give them a vague you know like like Gato Negro is about, you know, Edgar Allan Poe's Black Cats loosely kind of structured around that. But it's like, I don't want to go in, I don't like to go in the lyrics because I want someone for the first time to read the lyrics and have that picture in their mind. And then every time they hear that song, that picture comes to their head. Like, you know, if they're at a club and they're there to see, you know, butcher babies and the DJ plays, you know, flesh from bone and those images pop into their heads. That's That's kind of what I was after this time. To make the listener come up with their own conclusion? Well, just their own images. You know, when you read a book, you know, you kind of see your mind's eye starts, you know, you know, showing you the images to your to your brain and what what you think you the authors, you know, like you put yourself in that scene, you know, if like you were if like there was no Lord of the Rings movies, you know, you read Lord of the Rings and, and you're trying to fan, you know, imagine what it's like, you know, it's, it's that's kind of what I was shooting for. Right on. Yeah, I can't wait, man, for this to come in. Um, all right, guys. I can't either. I, I was listening to the two new songs today, and they're, they're really good, uh, great. Uh, I love the production, like we talked about earlier, and it sounds very organic. I'm a drummer as well, and the drums sound awesome. They don't sound fake. Like all these new bands are putting out lately, everything sounds fake and processed and not mm-hmm. like a real band or anything. And 
everything on these the at least these first two songs that i've heard so far are really awesome and, and uh, i can't wait yeah to perry worked hard in the studio you know he he and and phil was i didn't go for perry sessions you know it's like there's you have to read the room and know who's the musician is and right. you know it's like i didn't want to be down there staring at him while he's trying to you know, do these drum tracks that are insane and so Phil was down there with him a lot and, and and Juan just did a great job drawing it out of him. And I was there for like, I forget what song, but only like maybe a couple takes that he did, some cleanup takes and he would do a roll and then they'd be like, no man, that's that's weak, dude, you're not even trying. And they were just talking <laughs> shit to him and he was getting so pissed. And then he would bust it out and then they'd be like, yes, exactly. You know, you gotta get your emotions into it. Yeah. Yeah. Was he a very emotional. Was he doing anything before he before you guys got back together? Uh, Perry, I think he did a couple things with Zet, and he might have oh, okay. talked about working with Bobby, but I, I don't think they ever recorded anything. He wasn't involved with Dublin Death Patrol, was he? No, uh, I'm oh, okay. not sure about that. I totally. Was. No, I was the drummer for Tesla, actually. That oh, okay. Was- Troy Lakata. Yeah, that was no drummer. kidding. Oh. Yeah, like I said, these guys are all from like that Tri Valley, Dublin, you know, Pleasanton, uh, Livermore area. Very cool. That's why I crack up when I hear San Francisco (laughs) Bay (laughs) Area. It's like the furthest thing from reality. I mean, the clubs we played, the Stone was in San Francisco on Broadway in the Louis Gardens, but, you know, the bands were, I mean, Exodus, I think they were in Berkeley and Possessed was in like Pinole. Do you have a favorite show that you've played? Um, we did the uh, Beer and Metal Festival uh, in Orange County a couple of years ago and on a December. That was a really good show. It's like we really were coming together. That's when Ray and Dean were on stage at the time with us. And um, we played a few shows. We played Denver the weekend before. So we came in there really kind of tight and the crowd was awesome. And, you know, Carcass was the headliner and we were the direct support. So it's like... Um, that night felt really good um and then you know doing the festival in belgium you know the alcatraz festival in front of all those people it's like holy shit (laughs) this is incredible but you know for us it's like anything club right anything where i can get my hands on you or and get in your face is what i enjoy you know the the festivals are awesome because a lot of people that don't have never heard of you are there and they hear you and you know the european festivals they just love music and um and you get to play in front of the big crowd but you have this distance between you and the audience and so on bloodstock or on uh, alcatraz i got off the stage and went and stood on the barrier and i was like (laughs) get that same energy going i think that was the first song we played eternal nightmare (laughs) we played eternal nightmare the album all the way through that night oh wow wow. yeah and then went on played some other songs but yeah uh, for me it's all the, the live stuff but that that show in uh, Orange County, that decibel metal, uh, beer metal fest, that was that was fun. Mm-hmm. I think Possessed played the night before on Friday. They headlined Friday. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I always like to ask, too, what's the worst show you've done? Uh, the worst show we've done? Rats uh, out review. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst show I've ever done. Uh. Uh, the worst show, uh, you know, uh, was it? Was it Columbus, Ohio? We'd play. It's where uh, 
there's an Ivy League school there. I want to say it's Cornell or something like that, but I can't remember the school name, but I knew it was an Ivy, Ivy League school. <laughs> Every time we'd go, it would be like, it's like this big fucking place, this big theater. And, and we were there with Voivod and Slayer was playing the same night somewhere else. <laughs> I think we had one string of people at the stage. <laughs> it was like, fuck, this sucks. <laughs> we were past, crossing paths, you know, the tour. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, that sucks. Rob, you got anything else? Yeah, it was. We still had a good time, you know, we still Man. put it out. Because the people that are there, they're there to see you. You don't want to disappoint them, even if it's two people. (laughs) Remember, it's not the quantity of the people. It's the quality of the people. That's what matters. Yep. Have you you ever encountered, Sean, like a a really demented fan? Since, you know, these lyrics. Yeah, right uh, now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have. I I have a good friend of mine, and, and he's that guy. (laughs) <laughs> he knows all the lyrics he like screams them in restaurants <laughs> breakfast airplanes yeah. yeah he doesn't care like when it's when the food's over does he say a million dollar paycheck <laughs> but he does he says the more vulgar stuff but he just does like a, like you just did a one line you know he doesn't like recite the whole song but he'll do the one those lines in there you, know. you should start yeah, charging him royalties. What the <laughs> fuck? Like he'll be like, "Head stopping boots, bodies on bodies." With uh, with Bobby living in in uh, Florida, do you, uh, do the rest of the band members live uh, from uh, close proximity or? Uh, not- well, Christian's in Dallas. Uh, he's just outside of Dallas. He was in Venice Beach, but he got out of uh, California. Pretty smart move. Um, and then. Uh, <laughs> You know, I'm out here in Sacramento, Phil's in Dublin, and, and Perry's in Manteca. But uh, when we were coming together uh, like a week before the show that we were, had, you know, played, and we would just practice every night and five nights straight and then go do the show. And because they're such good musicians, it's like, you know, that's about all you need to get them up to speed. And it, it, it was in the beginning when Rob was, or uh, not Rob, but, uh, um, Bobby was trying to learn the songs and and there's little nuances in there that you just can't hear but if you don't play it right then it gets off and so he was he was you know Phil was like really working hard with him to get those down and um and it's it's the bass can do the bass thing you know and but and, and Christian tries to follow every note and the dude's he, he's just his picking hand is like a beast you know it's like its own person doing its thing it's like this monster on the end of his wrist but um yeah so uh you know bobby bobby uh it took him a while but yeah so now we just come together and when we recorded i bobby did his tracks i flew him out and you know with the band flew him out and he did his tracks and you know christian he doesn't like he he doesn't fly very often he's got like one of these big travel vans and so he'll jump in his van and cruise wherever I flew him out for the video shoot because it was just one night. But if he comes to practice, he drives from Dallas. He's a traveling man. <laughs> guess so. How did uh, Bobby end up in the band? How did that happen? Uh, he and Perry are friends, and you know uh, they've been friends for a long time. And and then when uh, Phil was thinking about the recording, you know, the song, the new songs that he just all he could think about was I need a, a muted guitar player that does down picking, and you know Bobby fit in well. Ray. 
uh, you know, he did a great job for us, but he's, he's a punk rock guitar player. So he, you know, a lot of open strumming and, um, and so he, we had to make that change to, to, to record. So we, we got the sound that we were looking for. Right on. All right, guys. Uh, hopefully, uh, I'm going to get Sean alone on my channel. Hey, hey Sean, man. 25,000 subscribers. You got to awesome. come to my channel after the <laughs> album's out. And uh, Okay. Got to get a hold of Tom. Tom sets up all my interviews. Right on. Yeah. He's a good guy. He, they, 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 and the cool thing about Metal Blade is they all work really hard to, to get you know, to support the bands that they have on their label. Right on. All right, guys, you got any yeah, Tom, questions? Tom's been really good. To, Tom's been really cool. He's, uh, he set up this interview, so uh, I really appreciate Tom for doing that. And uh, Yeah, I met him in Chicago. Really he came out to the Chicago show, at, you know, when we played there recently. <laughs> so I actually got to meet him face-to-face. Oh, yeah, all right, cool. Yeah, yeah. actually, there was somebody else that was doing the Metal Blade stuff, and then she actually quit and did her own. She's on her own now and doing her own thing. Is she working yeah, for Roadrunner now? No, just kidding. No, no. no it wasn't Joey Vera's yes. No, I know she no. no. No, and and I meant no disrespect against Metal Blade with the Slayer cracks. I'm just a sarcastic <laughs> asshole. Fine, I fucking meant it. Is that what you? Want? <laughs> you, 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 you know what, Wayne? I heard the New York's all right if you like saxophones. Yeah, so fuck yeah. off. <laughs> many of us. There's so many of us. Hey man, oh, we gave the world the Cro-Max. Come on, it's fair New York. Hey, yeah. you know what? I think there's another cold one down here in the bottom. <laughs> we we actually got to play with Cro-Mags in Montreal with Voivod when we were on the Voivod tour. Great group of guys. That, yeah. You guys played Voivod's like my favorite band of all time, so that's amazing. I did get to see you guys with Voivod in Miami Beach at the Cameo Theater. I'll never forget. That was the first time I saw you, and then the riot show which we talked about before the show so hopefully wayne will send me this video so i can plug it on my uh the hallandale button south show but yeah the voivod show was sick that was the first yeah. time i saw you guys with uh on the eternal nightmare you guys came here twice and you came here and oppressing the masses which was not a huge tour right i mean no there's us in defiance local yeah. band from the bay area um they just put out a record we took them with us and you know, uh, we had some issues with our management at the time. You know, Debbie wasn't with us, and we hired this guy who was a total clown. And so, um, yeah, we had some good shows, and then we had some shows where it's like, oh shit, <laughs> did you did you promote the show? Does anyone even know we're here? <laughs> yeah. And we were following the Exodus tour. That was you guys played a, a venue called the Thrash Can. That uh, was short lived, but it was a great, great show. It wasn't a bad turnout actually. It was a pretty good turnout. But the only bad thing about that that venue was that there was a big pole in the middle. Yeah, the, wasn't that like a punk place where it yeah, was mostly it was. hardcore, you know? Yeah, punk yeah. And, it was a, yeah. Punk, a lot of graffiti on the walls and it was very yeah. narrow and it had a big pole in the middle. And during your set, there was just, you know, the pit would erupt and everybody yeah. just kept bashing into the pole, <laughs> hurting themselves. But that was a great, great, great. I mean, it was early in the tour and uh, again here's a little fanboy moment i was up front when uh you guys were doing many afflicted and you you were like giving me a high five because i kept saying with you call me call me man like, <laughs> i know the song because the album was fairly new at the time you know? yeah but now if i mess up the lyrics everyone up front looks at me like 
hey dude you just fucked up <laughs> when ralph said big pole i thought he was referring to my six foot seven polish father-in-law from brooklyn but i don't think he met that pole that's pretty tall <laughs> i look up to him i'm sure you do <laughs> glad somebody got it for once oh. and aside from that i just think we should all take a second out to acknowledge that violence and Voivod, Eternal Nightmare and Dimension Hatros, yeah. that could have been the greatest fucking tour ever. I saw so, it. They, so they were part of the Testament tour. So it was Testament, Voivod, Violence. And that's when I think uh, Piggy might have got sick at the time. And so they had to cancel and then reschedule. I think he had some, he had to go through some chemo at the time. Wow. Yeah. So that would have been killer, Testament Voivod Violence. I mean, that's what it was originally packaged as. I'm fortunate I got to see Voivod once. Jason uh, was the bassist in the band at the time. So it was second stage OzFest. And they were amazing. And I got to meet Piggy. Such a nice guy. You know, such, yeah. a, such a loss. Yeah, yeah. They're all nice. I mean, when we were on tour with them, they were all nice to us. And, you know, they knew, I mean, we don't speak any French. And they were speaking French all the time. But they taught us all the bad words. <laughs> well, that's the important thing that's what yeah. counts yeah michael's pretty good at that <laughs> you know it's just funny talking about voivod it's just you know friends of mine told me that they were at there used to be a club out here on long island in a town called bay shore a town called sundance i don't know if you're familiar with it um but it was a very big uh metal hardcore club in the 80s and early 90s it was voivod Soundgarden and Faith No More on a tour oh. together. And like, you know, I because I, when that tour came to New York, I was like 10. So yeah, that, I feel is that Long Island. Yes, that's Long Island. Yeah, that's what I thought. I, well, and you, I, I just you, feel like so cheated that all these great tours I missed out on because um, I was too damn young. <laughs> I saw that, before, but Faith No More wasn't on it. But yeah, the first time I ever heard Soundgarden uh, was uh, when they opened for um, Boy Bud. We were recording Oppressing the Masses, and uh, they were playing in Syracuse, so we drove up to Syracuse to see them, and that was their first record tour, and uh, there was probably maybe a hundred and maybe a hundred people in the club. It was a great show, but yeah, that's when they were brand spanking new. Yeah, no, they, 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 I was- Soundgarden? Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's that club in Syracuse? Lost Horizon? Is that has that been around a long time, or that sounds familiar? I'm not sure. I mean, Syracuse is about four hours north from where yeah. uh, we live out here, but uh, I know that's like the big venue, especially that I can recall in the last 20 years. That's actually had metal shows. So, I mean, around here, unfortunately, COVID closed a lot of Long Island venues, yeah, but you sure. know, s- some new ones are uh, trying to open up. I know that uh, Mulcahy's and Wontaw they just had accept play there oh so, sweet but unfortunately i was sick so i couldn't uh go but you know yeah we uh we recorded the press masses in Ith- ithaca mm-hmm. and now and, that was with uh, that was with alex perialis or yeah yeah with alex okay. That's and, and here's a funny story the first gun i ever had my dad bought for my brother and i it was a 22 long rifle lever action and it was uh it, it was the brand was ithaca it was, and so the, the facilities, the building's still there. When we were there recording press in the masses, I don't know what's happened to it since, but yeah, 
it was just kind of a weird because when we got there i was like this 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 is the place that made my 22 long rifle my dad got me when i was nine <laughs> <laughs> it was meant to be well that's yeah. that that's yeah. a, and that goes along with Voivod too. War and pain. Mm. And that go that 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 studio is classic. That's where SOD, you know, yeah. all, all those Mega Force albums were pretty much done there. Yeah. Well, Alex is just a great guy. We would go and party at his house, crash the fucking car, the rental car, <laughs> and and put holes in the wall, wrestling in the hotel, and. <laughs> <laughs> you lived it yeah there's a there's like a, a a waterfall that goes through town and we were there in middle of winter so everything was frozen we, were, we had the day off so we were going to go hike up the waterfall and there's a trail on the side and perry was all oh man we got to bring some rope you know we're at the supermarket and we're like rope i only get 20 bucks a day man it's like i'll cut into my booze money and and I want to eat something, so right up the trail. And that's all of us. We're all like, fuck no, Perry, we ain't buying no fucking rope. We're hiking up the trail. <laughs> Perry slips off the, we're at the top, so it's level. Perry slips off the trail onto the fucking creek that on ice, he's like, like a cat, you know? <laughs> we're all, Perry, where's your rope? <laughs> we had to tie our scarves together to pull and, and dude the ice probably it was probably about that thick so it was pretty thick but the water was rushing it was clear yeah. so you could see right through yeah. it oh man yeah. it didn't break though the ice didn't break no he would have gone he probably would have died he would have <laughs> gone down the waterfall into the ice <laughs> drowned <laughs> but yeah it was that's that's a funny story wow <laughs> maybe now it is <laughs> <laughs> uh well too so, funny. so the whole oppressing um, the masses thing was uh do, do you think it was like a, a debacle uh as far as uh promotion goes because of the firing of debbie abona yeah well uh maria and debbie were great friends and it was kind of a stupid move on our part but you know we were young and we didn't know any better and um at the time she wasn't able to help us she was going through some skin cancer and so uh you know it was like well, we don't. We really don't have a manager recording a record and stuff. But that was probably the biggest bonehead move we ever made, for sure. Yeah. But you know, we're all knuckleheads, twenty-year-olds, twenty-something-year-olds. Well, live and learn. I mean, she seemed grateful anyway in the documentary. She didn't see, yeah, she, you know, heard about it or anything. No, she she was she was always just really nice and you know, it's really cool. And and the great thing is she's helped so many young bands. You know with Ralph, you were interviewed oh, oh i'm sorry sean and i, I thought no, you and like she would, ha- she would welcome us into her house for parties and you know metallica would be there and you know, james would be there and 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 maybe kirk i don't know but I, it was just like you know she knew everybody and so there was a lot of a lot of good times As a matter of fact i remember we were all standing there watching uh guns and roses first video welcome to the jungle and <laughs> i was standing next to james and <laughs> I'm just like, oh, this isn't fucking, this sucks. This isn't metal. <laughs> yeah. And then later, I guess, later they toured with them. And yeah, I guess oh. that was a nightmare for Metallica. <laughs> I wouldn't think Guns N' Roses was ever metal. I don't know why they were even considered yeah, I metal. I mean, no, you know, it was MTV back then. And uh, oh, there's Guns N' Roses. Oh, yeah, that's right. Poison you know, was metal. Yeah. yeah, Poison was metal. Yeah, you got it. 
<laughs> Ted Banger's ball, they had slaughter and all that shit on there. Yeah, Ted Banger's ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there's like millions of people that think Master of Puppets is the greatest thrash metal album of all time. Now that would be Eternal Nightmare and Bonded by Blood. <laughs> Rob, um, you were interviewed for one of those uh, yeah, Bay Area documentaries, yeah, right? Killing yeah, technology I, myself. I am in one of those documentaries. Um, no, I wasn't interviewed. My music's on it. Oh, uh, okay. Bob Sorry Bob about that. Bob Nalbamian's um, Godfathers of the Bay Area. But it's, it wasn't all thrash. I mean, it was Y&T. Yeah, it was Laws Rock. I watched that the other day, and it, it was kind of like, we. It, it got boring after a while. We're like, okay, where's the metal? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, what was also boring about it was my music was underneath the whole thing. <laughs> Ooh, the last I, honest man. I, I, mentioned, I mentioned Eternal Nightmare, one of my songs, actually. Awesome. Yeah, yep. I was um, Wake Up Small Thrash, and there is, I, I say an Eternal Nightmare during it. Uh, Sean, I really do want to put over Ralph's channel, though. It's 25,000 subscribers. The man is like, when it comes to metal, classic, hard rock, and you know, classic metal, I mean, you know, him being a genuine fan and, you know, I know we were, you know, joking around, but I mean, the truth is to have Ralph on the show, especially because, you know, you're on and you're his favorite thrash singer. I mean, I think it's Ralph. I love your enthusiasm in this episode. It's, it's great. And honestly, I cannot put over his channel enough. The content he puts out is always consistently good. He never puts out anything that's shit. So yeah, to me, to me, Sean, it's like black Sabbath, merciful fate and violence. When I talk about those three bands on my channel, it's a lot of enthusiasm, you know, awesome. that I, I, I just go to, you know, I did a review on uh, Eternal Nightmare with footage of you guys, track by track and footage of, because I'm really good at editing footage of you guys talking. I don't know if you ever seen it. I made a video for Serial Killer where I only use footage of Henry, Portrait of Serial Killer. You know I that? think I did see that. Yeah, that was me that made okay. that. Okay, awesome. I, wait till I tell Ryan that. Can you give a shout out to my friend Ryan Taylor? He's your biggest fan, I swear. What up, Ryan Bigger Taylor? than you? Yeah, bigger than me, I'm telling you. This kid, and he's a kid. You know what's up? What's up, Ryan Taylor? Metal up your ass. <laughs> is this live? Um, yes, it is wait, live. He's watching this now because I told him check out Rap Solid Review. He couldn't oh. believe it. I was, I was like, dude, I'm interviewing Sean Killian, you know. And uh, he goes, Oh man, I can't wait to watch it. When is it going to air? I go, I think it's live. You know. So well, everything we do now is live, and we don't have all the uh, subscribers that uh, that uh, Ralph has. We only have seven hundred and twenty. Yeah, that's why you got to come on my channel. And- <laughs> <laughs> Away from my invite, we have to talk trauma. Yeah, we uh, yeah. On oh, I'll go on your. Th- yeah, I'm in a trauma picture too. But yeah, Sean, you got to come on my my channel. Yeah, you got to schedule with Tom because he's got me doing interviews like every 30, 45 minutes, and I can't step on his toes with the schedule. I'll, I'll give you his email, I've, Ralph. Hey, hey. I've missed Ralph's I've missed a couple. I've missed a couple too, and I was like, "Ah, oh, shit." <laughs> Just remember, Ralph's that. channel is great, and he is Doctor Fuck the best. But okay. I will say, I saw that. I might be side. one. I am definitely the only one on here right now with a Laz Rocket tattoo. I guarantee oh. it. <laughs> I don't have one. I don't have any. No, but I'm wearing a Queen Diamond shirt. <laughs> it's 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 freddie in uh king diamond makeup <laughs> nice oh wow <laughs> that's awesome that is nice. bad nice all right sean uh, thank you so much man this has been yeah. 
Hello, yeah. thank you guys. Yeah, we had a lot. Yeah, it was of fun. real honor, man. Thank, thank you so much. Thanks. Yeah, for thank you. On. It's always so uh, much, Sean. It's great. Always great to talk to people, and you know, it's like, uh, you know, it's not like uh, I've ever written music for the masses, and you know, when people invite us on to talk, it's uh, it's uh, it's really a great thing for us. So I appreciate it. Awesome, well, and uh, good luck with the new EP. And uh, thank you. Yeah, can't wait for it to be released. We're gonna say I'm, I'm kind of surprised that Tom. I'm surprised Tom didn't send you the whole thing. No, and, I, and I are... thought maybe I missed it in the emails, but no, I did not see the link for the. Uh, uh because I've done other interviews and they have it. Interesting. So you need to get on it. I'm gonna have to. Go <laughs> <laughs> I'll have Sorry, to get Tom. him. <laughs> you wait, Tom. March fourth release date for the new violence EP. Yeah, it's just around the corner. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll wait till the album comes out. So you know, I'll, I'll have it myself when it gets here, and I'll, you know, because I'm gonna, I, I ain't gonna like bombard you. I, I'm, you know, I may be like a, a fanboy and shit like that, but I'm no stalker. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I don't want, I, you know, when violence comes to town, I don't want to be banned at the door. No don't idea. worry, <laughs> you won't be banned at the door. Uh, Ralph, really, nah, it's not misery. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sean. Uh, can people go and find you anywhere? Facebook, Twitter. Yeah, uh, Sean dot underscore dot Killian. At, or at sean dot underscore dot killian i on facebook i think i have like two or three facebook pages but i can only get into one it's the one where i'm standing there singing okay and yeah, the flames are there yeah well i have that's, you that's on my facebook so i don't know which one if it's one that you're that's active but i do have your facebook yeah it's the one that has the fire ring and i'm in the middle of it and i'm singing that was at decibel the, the decibel magazine beer metal fest that right. picture yeah well this has been such an honor believe me you know thanks and and ryan's gonna be psyched when with your little shout out and and i thank you for the free cameo you know no problem (laughs) it it was cool because when they sent the money back i was like what a bummer and then you then the next day and it was funny because i timed it i did it like weeks before his birthday and 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 the freakiest thing is you sent it the day before his birthday so it got there right in time you know it was awesome. Excellent. Well, hey, yeah, definitely get a hold of Tom and we'll go. I'll go on your. We'll do. I'm going to, you know, probably set it up after the album before you go. And uh, one last question. Is there, I know you can't say it, but is there anything in the works as far as more touring after the corner? Uh, Well, we're on Bloodstock and Alcatraz and festivals. Currently we have a 13 show Headbangers Ball Tour set up in Europe, Germany, Austria, places like that. <clears throat> um, but we're, you know, our agents working on some stuff for us, and then um, we figure once the the EP comes out and everyone hears the full thing, that uh, we might get some more requests. Because like the 2019, all the shows we played, you know, I didn't reach out to anyone. They were contacting us, and we were just setting them up. But now I got an agent because I can't do all that, <laughs> you know. And he's he's connected too. So and we we have we're supposed to be in Chile and uh, Brazil in September. Um, and you know we're hoping that everything opens up because we're not uh, you know we're not vaccinated and just Phil is, but the rest of us aren't. So you know we play in the states. We have shows scheduled outside the states. If mandates and stuff are lifted, then we'll be there. Yeah. I know I know you played Puerto Rico, but have you played any other South American place? Uh... 
before? Uh, Mexico City. Um, we played uh, Tijuana with Overkill and Excel a, long, a while ago. But, um, yeah, not much. Yeah, believe me, I I toured Colombia and uh, a bunch of South American places, and they're, they're, you can't find more fanatical fans. 9,000 oh, people in Colombia, right, Ralph? Huh? 9,000 people in Colombia you you headlined to, right? We headlined a festival of 8,000 people, and I said after the show, that's it. And I was (laughs) like this. I made it. (laughs) That's how I felt like I made it. Played in front of 8,000 people, and and I praised uh, Eternal Nightmare on stage that night, too. Right on. So, yeah, big fan. And and, uh, I'm not going to be banned from a violent show, so I'm going to shut up before I put my foot in my mouth. Nah, don't worry about it. That won't happen. Yeah, I'll send you and a Bobby's picture. a friend of mine, so. I'll send you a picture of uh, Ralph, and you can give it to the front guy. You know, to front yeah, Okay. Don't let I this will. guy in. Uh, again, Sean. <laughs> One last thing. Is Bobby going to be in California soon, like before the tour for anything? Uh, he'll come here to practice. You know, we'll, we'll uh, rehearse together before we head out. Right. We, have a, we have another show. It's in Turlock. It's the Hemp Fest. Um, we don't know who the headliner is, but. Um, I don't know that it's been announced yet, but yeah, we'll be there. And then we go to the, like I said, the uh, Oblivion Access and San Antonio and or Austin, Texas. And then we head out with Corner after that. So right. a little. Well, tell Bobby, tell Bobby, Dr. Fuck said hi. He knows me. I will. <laughs> yeah, they're texting me. They're texting me as we're talking. We got a little group text. You know. Right on. All right. We should let him go. And uh, I look forward <laughs> to <laughs> to, uh, well, I know I'm going to get him on my channel, man. Yeah, and yeah, through yeah. this dog and pony show. Yeah. <laughs> Wayne, any dog type of and pony show? Dog and pony I'm show, you kidding. son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. I've asked you to come on here because I know. And the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Okay, Brett, take it easy. And I love you. <laughs> I love you for having me ask. But, Sean, <laughs> if you talk to uh, Ron and Tommy, Tell them I said they're amazing. All right, I will. Sean, Take care. I'm very, very sorry for coming on this show, and uh, you'll never probably come back <laughs> ever again. It's fun, but no. <laughs> Thank you very much again for coming on the show. Good luck with the new yes. EP, and um, hope to see you back on again. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, guys. Uh, right everybody, Cheers, go Sean. check out ratsoundreview.com. Music is life podcast.com, right? Is that right? Yeah, yeah that's it. I still have to update the site. <laughs> you do. And uh, Almost Human 56 on YouTube. Ralph's yeah. channel. I got to go. I got to put on my her- herpes ointment. Okay. <laughs> oh. All right. Have a good night, everybody. See you, night, everybody. you tomorrow. Ralph. Bye. One second. All right. Later. What's oh, up? What? Uh, one second. What? We're done. Are we? St- oh, we're What's not up? live anymore. What? Okay. Uh, oh, do you want me to John, do Sean, thank right. you so much for coming on. I apologize. I had to get up and go to the bathroom. Twice, always but uh with all that pink lemonade <laughs> you were drinking. <laughs> Dude, if since this corporate buyout work has just been awful and <clears throat> I feel like shit because I love violence. I love Sean, but I've been drinking since about four in the afternoon because I, I I keep getting these days where they're like, oh, hey, by the way, let's give you 30 fucking thousand things to do that you have no idea how to do. Oh, of course. <laughs> and that's when the drinking starts or after? 
Oh, that's when it starts. I just smoke <laughs> weed in the morning. I'm easy like Sunday morning. Excellent. Until <laughs> yeah. oh. they piss me off. That's when we bring out the Celtic Frost. Because the usurper's <laughs> tears guide my sword. Looking for some new podcasts to listen to? Well, look no further than the Ratsaw Review Network. Ratsaw Review is taking over the podcast world with plenty of shows to choose from within their network of entertaining programming, including the flagship show Ratsaw Review with Wayne Noon, Greg Noggle, and Lou Mavs, as well as occasional co-hosts Manny Mejias and James Loquist. We also have the official Ratsaw Review spinoffs, such as Album vs. Album, Screams from the Grave, where we discuss beloved yet forgotten hard rock and metal albums of the past and a King Diamond podcast called This Broadcast Belongs to Them. We've also got Old Man Metal's Musings, The Right Opinion with Harrison Bergeron, Beyond Bushido, a podcast dedicated to pro wrestling and MMA with James Ilquist and Eric Adams. No relation to the guy from Manowar or the mayor of New York City. The Vieira Vault with Ralph Vieira. Schmackle a to you too, Ralph. The Timo Tolki podcast featuring Stradivarius and Avalon founding member Timo Tolki. The BS Sessions with Mark and Jerry. Just the cheese, please. A podcast dedicated to cheesy films of the 1980s with Tara J and Adam. The Friday Night Party with the great Harry Barnett and Evie. And the Music is Life podcast with Lou Mavs. The Ratsaw Review Network is your go-to one-stop shop for the best podcasts out there today. Go to RatsawReview.com for more info. And to find out where you can find, follow, subscribe, and comment on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and all streaming platforms. The Ratsaw Review Network. We're, We're taking, taking over. over. Grrrr.